Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, Dr. Devara Johnson. And let me tell you, I am so excited for today's show today. I have a powerhouse, a powerful woman of God. I'm telling you, she is moving and shaking not only in the kingdom of God, but also in the marketplace. She is definitely an emerging leader and a kingdom sniper who is definitely challenging the status quo and is dominating the sphere of influences that God would have given to her. And so I just want to welcome my special guest, Dr. Nassim. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, it is a pleasure. It is indeed an honor to be on your platform, uh, Dr. Tavara, because um, you are an awesome woman of God, and I know that you are a woman of God that's more than definitely moving and shaking in this earth as well. So it is an honor to be on your platform. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much, of course, for taking time out of your busy schedule because you are a woman of many hats. And um, you know, I'm just grateful to have you here tonight or this evening to be able to help to encourage and empower our listening audience. But one of the things I want us to do is you know, I want you to let them know who is Dr. Nikki Nassin and what it is that you do. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Nikki Nassin, I'm just who I am. I am who I am by the grace of God. And I always tell people that I'm, I'm nothing without God. Um, he the one who empowers me. He's the one who endows me. Um, doctor by trade, uh, uh, a doctor in, in psychology, actually clinical um, counseling in psychology, and I am a licensed clinical Christian psychologist. I deal with the, in the mental health profession, helping people with inner healing, deliverance, and helping them resolve the complexities of life. Um, I'm also um, a certified professional life coach. Um, I am a certified professional mentor. Um, and and in the in the kingdom, I am an apostle in the kingdom, and um, of of course, um, having my own uh, network, Kingdom Global Alliance Network, and then Alton and Nikki Natson Global Ministries, alongside with my husband Alton Natson. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a spiritual mother. I'm a mentor. I'm an author. Um, I'm a person that loves people, and I'm passionate about the things of the kingdom, and I want to see people succeed. I want to help see people, you know, grow and advance in the kingdom of God. I want to help them to discover their identity and who they are in Christ. I want to see people in a healed place, delivered and set free is what I want to see. And then a part of um, me doing that is being a spiritual midwife to help push them forth and birth things out of them and help them tap into potential and that they didn't even realize that they had and awaken things on the inside of them and be able to impart um, the wisdom of God on the inside of them. So I'm very passionate about that. I'm very passionate about um, being an intercessor. I love prayer. I love to intercede and pray, you know, for, for others. When God tells me to do something, I'm not going to be slow about that that God tells me to do. I'm going to do what he does. I'm a person that um, loves relationships because God is about relationships in the earth. And once I'm in a relationship with a person, I'm faithful, I'm loyal to that relationship that I'm in. I won't break the covenant of the relationship that God has set before me and the people in my life, even with my husband. We'll be married 25 years 
this year in September. And what I believe is once God establishes a covenant, you don't walk out of that covenant, but you die out of that covenant. And that's a little bit about me and, uh, and who I am. Also, I love being a mother. I love being a grandma. I'm a grandma as well. Um, uh, my Joshua and my Joel, uh, Joel is one and my Joshua is four. So those are some things about me. Wow. See, I'm, I'm telling you guys who are listening in, this is definitely, she is definitely a woman of, I mean, many, many, many hats. But underneath it all, you know, you you can see that you are just a, a woman servant who just, like you say, you just love God. And so we're grateful um, to you for, you know, just stepping into your calling and who God is calling you to be. And I'm sure, you know, it probably wasn't easy in some instances. Maybe, you know, you might have ran from it. And so, you know, one of the things I want to know, or you could let us know, you know, how how did you know that, you know, God had called you to all of these things that, you know, even now that you're doing, um, like how, how did you know? Because this is something that people struggle with in terms of knowing, you know, what they are called to do. That's true. It is a lot of people struggle with their identity and not knowing who they are. Um, first, to give you all a, a, a background, I wasn't raised in the church. And, of course, now, um, if you see me now and, 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 you know, I've gone through my process and still being processed because I have not yet arrived. And anybody that tell you or act like they arrived, they are not well. You need to run as far as you can away from people like that. But um, in the beginning, before um, I was saved, um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, because I told you we've been married for 25 years, and we got together um, in high school. We were high school sweethearts. I met him at 16 years old, and he was 17 years old. And um, I, I wasn't saved. I had, I guess you could say, a form of godliness because my I was raised by my grandmother, and um, my grandmother talked about God, and she gave us, you know, read the Bible and everything to my sister and I. And there's 12 of us. I'm the oldest out of the 12 siblings. And um, and we, like I said, we didn't go to church. It was only on special occasions. And what I mean by special occasions, it was only the resurrection at that time we called Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, that we would go to church. And it wouldn't be my grandmother that would take us. It would be the next-door neighbor that would take us to church. So in high school, when I met my boyfriend, who is my husband now, um, he is the one that actually introduced me to God at 16 years old. He was 17 years old. And at 16, um, when I accepted Christ, because he invited me to come to church, and he was talking about his mother saying that whoever he was with, they got to be equally yoked. And he took what his mom was saying um, literally and very serious, even though we were in high school. So uh, he was of light and I was of darkness. So he said, if you know, we wanted to be together, then you know, I had to be a, a, a person of life, a, a girl of life. So I went to church with him, and I accepted Christ into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior at 16 years old. And at 16, of course, that was uh, uh, the church that he was in. It's not, it was not a five-fold ministry, or they wasn't talking about kingdom. There was a part of the church zone actually where there was filled with religion and tradition that, you know, women couldn't preach and they didn't believe in prophets, they didn't believe in apostles, they don't believe in the fivefold or you speaking in tongues and none of those things um, in the church that I grew up in. And I had a dream. God gave me a dream. And in this dream, I dreamed that I was standing in the middle of a desert. And in the middle of the desert, 
I'm looking around and um you can see, you know, cactuses, you can see um the um the wind blowing those, you know, those little tumbleweed bushes that fly by, mm-hmm. they was flying by. And then what I saw around me was um, you know how um, back in the old days, they had these saloons and they had these half doors. That's what I was seeing in the dream, and um, all these in these these buildings, these different types of buildings. But all these buildings had half doors, like saloons back in the days. And um, when I looked at the top of the building, the buildings, each one of the buildings had the names of the places written on the building, but the name changed from the name of what the, the actual place was, whether that was a restaurant or whatever kind of store it was, it changed to souls. And it was souls written all around. You can see souls written around. And the Lord said to me in that dream, that I called you this day to be a prophet to the nations. I call you to pluck up, to pull down, to tear down, to uproot, and to rebuild, and to build is what he told me. And at that time, at 16 years old, and I used to dream all the time and, um, and even have different kind of encounters where I would see um, angels, I would see um, demons, I would see different things, and I didn't know. And growing up in my experiences, um, you know, I was told I was crazy. And if some of y'all might be experiencing that where you grew up and you was told you was crazy, but the family didn't understand that you was gifted. See, and um, and I didn't even understand at 16. Okay, I'm having this dream, and God is telling me that I, that He called me as a prophet. I don't even know what that is. You know, at 16 years old. So. You know, and I used to dream all the time, but I didn't really pay no attention. I said, okay, he said, he called me as a prophet. But in that church, that's, they wasn't about that. So so um, what happened was my husband, he joined the military. And when he joined the military and got into the military, we left uh, our hometown, which was in Georgia, and went out to California. And in California, of course, with us being in church and growing up in church when we went out to California the first time for four years, we was a hot, tore up mess. And we didn't serve God like we were supposed to. We had a form of godliness, and we were not yet filled. We didn't have that encounter until later when, when we got filled with the Holy Spirit because there's more to you just being saved. It's more to this life than you got to cross the line of debarkation, and you got to take it a step further and then be filled with the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And that's when we become into the sonship of who Christ called us to be, those that are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. So that's when we come into being led by his spirit because when you don't have his spirit, you don't carry his spirit, you can't be led by him. You're leading yourself, and that's what's wrong with a lot of people. So I had to learn that through my process, through my walk. So uh, we went from there, and then we went to uh, God had to call us to uh, all the places in the world, Fairbanks, Alaska, and we went to Fairbanks, Alaska, and we was introduced to this couple because you know how you go into the you're in the military you don't have housing yet they put you in the hotel and I met this girl named um, Tina Savoy her husband's name was Joshua Savoy and still to this day we're friends and when I don't count lightly I can count on my finger how many people I call friends because I don't throw that word around and say that you are my friend unless you've been road tested and we've been through some things together and and more than definitely we've been through some things together in this life for them to even have the title of friend and um so that couple Tina and Tina began to talk to me about God and when she began to talk to me about God I was like, okay, let me tell my husband. And I told my husband about her husband. Of course, he didn't want to hear about it, but 
we end up meeting anyway because he didn't want to go upstairs and see him. So he ended up coming downstairs and talk, started talking to my husband about God. And we end up, they said, we need to find a church. And when they said we need to find a church, the first church that we went to, um, it was called Corinthians Baptist Church. And because we were used to the Baptist way of doing things, we was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with this church. We can join this church. But they told us, no, that's not the church you want to join. So they said, we'll look again when we go out. Um, Wednesday for Bible study, we'll look, we'll keep looking, we'll keep searching. And God used that couple tremendously. So we found a church called Fairbanks Christian Center. And this church was a five-fold ministry where it's the Eagle Sons of God there in Fairbanks, Alaska. So if you're in Fairbanks, Alaska and you're looking for a church, that's the place to go. We learned about the five-fold ministry. This was our first introduction to spiritual parenting, uh, 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 a spiritual mother and spiritual father. They were apostles and prophets that was in this church. And because it was a five-fold ministry church, and remember, this is a process. At 16, I had the dream, okay, that God called me as a prophet. Now, I wasn't, it wasn't until later I had my son and my daughter, I think I was 25 at the time, 25, from 16 to 25. Now, that's some time that went by. Out of all the places and, and places we've been to, nobody told me about nothing about prophet. The dream wasn't confirmed or nothing, okay? And so when we got to this church, they asked if you want anybody in here, um, you want to join the church, do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay, my husband and I, we didn't know what that was, but we said, okay, whatever that is, we want, we want some of that. We want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So we went up to the altar, and they prayed over us, laid hands on us. We were filled instantly with the Holy Spirit. And ever since we were filled with the Holy Spirit, there's been a difference in our lives. And also they had different prophets, evangelists, and people to come into the ministry, and they begin to speak and release the word of God and declare the word of God over me uh, and confirm me the dream that God called you as his prophet. He called you to uproot. He called you to tear down, to build. You are his prophet in this earth, and you are called as his intercessor. You called to travail. When you cry, your tears are delivering. Your tears are healing. It was so many things that was confirmed in this ministry, in this church. And my husband and I was awakened to a whole new thing called kingdom that we never experienced before. And the confirmation started happening even through then before I became, walked in, actually walked in as a prophet. It still was a process for me. Um, it was confirmed. It was confirmed at that church. But I didn't walk as prophet until we walked into our own ministry, into Own Higher Ground Ministries International was actually birthed. And even when I, we came into that, they even helped some people. That's why you cannot be in an identity crisis. You got to understand who God is calling you to be and not let people put titles on you that God didn't call you to. I don't care how bad you want that title, how bad you may want to be a pastor, how bad you may want to be a prophet or apostle or teacher, because that's what's wrong now in the world is so many people that are, are walking illegally. They're unauthorized, and heaven never sanctioned them is what they are. And um, we started ministry. We started ministry. My husband didn't know whether I should be a first lady, whether I should be a pastor, because he was a pastor, but yet he was still finding himself in ministry. And I started out as a pastor, but it was kind of hard for me to pastor because that's never who God called me to be. God called me to be a prophet. And then when things started happening, I said, okay, I, these people got to come out of sin. I'm seeing this. I'm dreaming this, 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 and this. They smoking weed. They doing this. They lying, you know, because I operate heavy at discerning the spirit. And, um, and then my husband was like, well, dang, you're not a pastor. You're a prophet. 
So when it was identified through my husband, I began then to walk in the earth as who God called me to be as a prophet of God. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt because you would know who God has called you to be if you are uh, 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 whoever God has sanctioned you to be in this earth because when that sanctioning comes, that mantle comes, and then you would know because you walk in the authority because you've been authorized by heaven. And then after I walked as a prophet, now I'm in the apostolic, I'm an apostle. So I knew and God dealt with me um, when God first started dealing with me um, and saying that he called me as an apostle when he first spoke that to me and said, I'm, you know, I'm transitioning you to the apostolic. You're going to be an apostle. Uh, I kept that to myself for a whole year. And then going into the second year, um, then confirmation started coming. Seven years. It was seven years. God told me that he called me as an apostle, but I didn't even walk in that until seven years later when it was affirmed and I was released into the call. And then even when I was affirmed and released into the call in 2019, I didn't even walk fully in until 2020 because I didn't accept it. I wanted to make sure that that's what God said. So you have to be sure and know without a shadow of a doubt of who you are. You can't have an identity crisis. Don't be jealous of or compromising or comparing yourself to your sisters and your brothers and the gifts that they got because you don't know their process. You don't know the things they went through in order in order to get to the place that they're at and the position they're at. Because, listen, I've been through a lot of hell in my life um, through rejection and abandonment in my life. My own mother and father abandoned me and rejected me. That's why I was raised by my grandmother. And even in that, it was things that I experienced growing up in childhood that wasn't right, things that I seen when my uncle would come in drunk fighting my grandmother when I would stand between them between the ages of 10 and 12 and try to fight him, and i get slapped down and stomped to the ground. And then I had to be delivered from the fighting spirit because I had so much rage and anger on the inside of me. So when God calls us, he calls those that have been damaged. He calls those that have been imperfect in this earth. Even when going through being molested at five at the elementary school, I was raped at 13 years old. So it's some things that I've been through. And even when I was dead and I was raised from the dead. So it's things that I've been through in life to qualify me from where I'm at. So we don't never take but granted, that that which God has given us and dare covet something else that another man has. Because it's like we're slapping God in the face and slapping him and saying, I don't want what you gave me because you didn't give me something good. You gave them something better. So we need to be grateful and appreciate that that which God has given us and know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called us to do because he will first tell you who he called you to be and then use man in the earth to confirm it and then use a man to uh, 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 license, ordain you, and then affirm you into your gift. Because you, no man in this earth can license, ordain you into the fivefold ministry. They can only license, ordain you as a minister of the gospel and affirm your call upon your life by the fruit that you bear and by your function in this earth. So don't be hoodwinked and bamboozled and let the spirit of seduction come upon you to seduce you and let people trick you into thinking that you're something else when God didn't call you as that. Because when you're operating illegally and you're unauthorized, you're not covered by the Spirit of God. And you open yourself up to all kinds of spirits attacking you. So you have to be sure about your call. Be sure about your walk, whether that's entrepreneurship, 
whether that's being called into leadership because it's not just leaders in the church, you're leaders in the community, leaders in your home. Whatever arena that God has called you to, you slay from your own lane. Because when you start crossing over the other lanes, you cause crash collisions and accidents and even death. So we have to be sure. Our calls have to be made in election sure. So that was my process and a little bit about how I knew because God himself told me at 16 I wasn't even saved. And then he told me what he was getting ready to do during the transition or how he was transitioning my life. And then it was confirmed by men, several different people that was authentic, that carried the spirit of God, that knew what they was talking about. Because when people come to you and they talk to you, you can't just take anything from people. When they life don't even live up to the standard of the kingdom. So we have to understand that and know that on tonight. Wow. That is powerful. I mean, you said so much in a short space of time. And, you know, one of the things I, I love that you said, or what you said is that when God told you or in a dream as to what he would have called you to be, you weren't even saved. And so I'm I'm glad that you that you said that because, you know, we may have some people who are listening in tonight and they may not necessarily be saved or they may not be saved. Um, because, you know, sometimes people or church people I like to say, uh, sometimes almost make persons feel who may not be saved that God can't speak to them. That, you know, we only have access to God or you only have access to God whenever you're saved. And so I'm glad that you, you know, would have said that. So if anyone here, um, you know, you're listening in tonight and, you know, you may not be saved or you may be on the fence as to, you know, should I uh, come into the, uh, Christianity or be, you know, walk into being a believer or not, and you know, you know, you, may, you might have had a dream, you know, don't feel as though I think that you're, that you're crazy or, you know, maybe that, you, you, you know, that it, it can't be God because you're not saved. Um, I just want you to know, of course, we would, we would want everyone to be saved, but I want you to know if you're listening in tonight that God can still speak to you even if you are not saved. Um, he reigns on, you know, he says, he says the just and the, and, the, and the unjust. So I don't want you to feel as though, yes, I'm not, yes, when you're in the kingdom, you have more, I, I mean, I believe that you have more access and more coverage, but that doesn't mean that God would not speak to you at all because he says that his desire is for no one off, you know, to basically be left behind. He wants, he would love for everyone to be saved. And so I'm glad that you would have said that. And then you even spoke about your husband, um, you know, at the time, you know, he was just your boyfriend. But even like now, you know, uh, one of the things I would want you to do or to share with us or you know, just the importance of, like I say, at that time, you guys, well, you know, for him, he, he, knew, he knew God. But even for, to speak to some of the single women, you know, the importance of being with a man that has, um, one that has vision, one that knows, you know, the voice of God and one that's, that can lead. You know, because I think sometimes, especially Christian women, we may have a tendency to, kind of stray away from the, from from being uh, equally yoked because of, you know, fleshy desires or just, uh, you know, we can't wait and sometimes we just want to compromise. So speak to us. I mean, because like I said, you, you, you just, you shared so much and you said so much. And but I just want you to talk to the single women about that who may be listening in tonight in terms of 
ensuring that you have a man who can, there's a man that can lead you, you know, and he's saved and he can hear God. Okay. Um, for single women, that's, that's so important for um, the person that's supposed to be your soulmate, the person that God has yoked you to, to for them to be um, a man of God that can hear from God. Because first and foremost, if they love God and they hear, hear from God, they're going to love you. That's the, that's the first characteristic is for them to be in a relationship, have an intimate relationship with God and have a personal relationship where they can hear and God is their head and they're being led by the spirit of God. That's something that's very important because oftentimes we get with these men and we think that we're going to change them. We're, we can't do nothing. We can't change them. You know, that has to be God. The spirit of God has to change them. And that's why it's so important for you to understand who you are to know your value, what you bring to the table, to know your worth and not settle for just anything. And um, even though you may, I know you might go to God with this bucket list or a long list of uh, uh, 200 items or, 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 or how you want this man to look, what kind of salary you want this man to make, or I want him to dress this way, this kind of car, this kind of house. But listen, I'm going to tell you, throw that bucket list out. And you need to just say, God, whoever you send in my life, I'm going to be satisfied with that because, listen, a lot of you all looking for bow ass, he might be a bow ass. You understand what I'm saying? And it might not be a bow ass for you. It might be a Jacob. It might be a David. You know, it, it might be a Peter. It might be a John. It might be a Paul. It might be a Silas. So whoever God sends to your life, you, you need to be appreciative of that and then um, making sure that you are First, taking care of first things first, taking care of yourself, and it's self-care. And you're in a healed place, and you're in a whole place so you can be found. Because right now, I'm going to tell you, um, whilst you're in a place where you're not healed, and you're not going to be found, you're looking for somebody, and you need to ask God every day to make me into a wife. Because when the man finds you, you are already a wife. You are already wife material. You're not becoming that. You should already be that. So your mindset, everything about you and who you are now should already be shifted, especially if you have a desire to be married and you don't want to be single anymore. You should be carrying yourself like a wife so you can be found. And you're that diamond. You can be found. You're no longer hidden under the shadow of his wings. But now he's lifted his wings and lifted you to a place, and he's called you to ascend to the high place where now that man can see you. He can see his queen. He can see the crown a glory upon her head because you in the right standing, you in the right place, you in the right position, you have the right posture. And that's what we have to understand and, 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 and not just looking for um, uh, these people that, okay, are they just going to be able to just get me by? Because even with the man, it's, it's important. You need to understand their history, um, the bloodline, what they're dealing with. You understand what I'm saying? Because you marry into and just give a name, for example, uh, 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 um, a Williams. You marry a Williams. You marry a Johnson. You're marrying that Williams demon. You're marrying that Johnson demon. Whatever's in that family, now you become a part of that bloodline, those bloodline things that is going on with them. So you need to understand and know the things that they're dealing with, even on their life, you know things have to be broken on the person that you're um, going to be in spouse to. So it's so important because – all this extra baggage you're bringing into things into your marriage that's not, you know, it's not going to be profitable for you. And you first you need to make sure uh, somebody got to have good credit. Both of y'all can't have toilet credit. 
So you got to make sure that those things, first things first, when God say here, make your name great in the earth, pay your bills. Pay your bills. You can't be a broke queen saying you're a queen and you carrying queen status. Uh, I don't know what kind of scepter and crown that you got, but it's tarnished. But any queen, real queen, that carry a crown and a scepter, uh, they got their credit together. They got, they, they educated. So that's what you need to take care of. And this is real talk on tonight. And and you don't hear this often in church, Dawn, and it needs to be more conversations. That's why I thank God for um, Dr. Tavara Johnson even having a show like this So and asking this question so people can really understand. You got to understand what it is you're getting into. That man has to want to pray. You don't want a man that don't want to lead. And then now you are the wife and you doing all you leading, you making all the decisions. He has to be a man, like I said, first of all, that can hear from God, that can make decisions. And then and he's not gonna hinder you of your dreams or your goals and your aspirations or try to smother you and keep you from bettering yourself. Whatever dreams, goals, and aspirations that you have, you bring them together and what you bring to the table only enhances him because you're his help me. So those are the things that you need to understand and know they need to be a man of prayer. They need to be a godly man, a God-fearing man, a man that respects his mother because he respects his mother, he will respect you. That loves his mother, he'll love you. A man that's a take care of his children. If you all get together and he has children already and you got children, he accepts the children, your children as his own children. Those are first signs. If you look, if you see red flags, quit trying to love the red flags out of people. Because mm-hmm. it's a reason why the red flags are there. And we try to love the hell out of people and love the red flags out of people, and we end up getting ourselves into things that we should have never got ourselves into because you can marry wrong. And people think that you can't marry wrong, but you can marry wrong. And when you marry wrong and that's not your soulmate, you will live hell here on this earth. Broke, busted, and disgusted. Don't never seem like you can get over nothing. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. Trying to make ends meet. When you know that God got better. So you have to understand your value. You have to understand your worth. And not settle for just anybody, anything. Because you ready to be married. Anything that comes along and blow upon you, you ready to say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married. No. You need to wait. Wait on God. Keep yourself. Even if you don't have a million dollars, you need to look like you got a million dollars. You need to be taking care of yourself. If you got children, your your children, you don't need to be looking better than your children. Take care of your children because whether you believe it or not, men look at that. They look at how you treat your children, whether you're neglecting your children. If you're neglecting yourself, if you got low self-esteem, you got some people out there in the world that will feed on that. Mm-hmm. They're perpetrators. They're predators that feed on your hurt, that feed on your wounds. So that's why you need to be in a healed place. If you just got out of a relationship, you need to get healed from that. Get over that. Don't jump into relationships. You just got a divorce and you widowed. You don't. You need to wait. Don't jump into things so fast. Take care of you. 
get you right, get you together. Before you try to go and get married. So when you when your man finds you, you will be an asset and not a liability. I'm going to have to bring you on to something else, but um, <laughs> for sure, this is really good, um, especially, you know, for singles. Um, so, you know, we'll definitely do something with that. But, you know, this is definitely, like like I said, this is good information. So for those who are single, I hope you were taking notes and, you know, listening to the woman of God. Like she said, she's been married for 25 years. And, um, you know, she would have went through, you know, of course, a whole lot of things. So she is really dropping some wisdom tonight, and I do hope that you are taking these into consideration. Now, I know, Dr. Natson, you are, you mentioned that you are an author. And, of course, you would have authored and co-authored several books. But I want you to talk to us about, you know, the birthing of an intercessor as well as unshakable faith. And the reason why I chose these two books is because right now we are in a time where as, we need to have unshakable faith, and we need to have a prayer life. Because, of course, we see so many things that are going on, and, and you know, one of the things I realize now that the enemy is doing is, uh, you know, almost making people feel as though, or trying to make people feel as though God isn't going to do what he says that he's going to do in our lives. And so I want you to just talk to us about, you know, those two books as well as the importance of, you know, having a prayer life as well as unshakable faith. Okay, okay. Um, the the burden of an intercessor, of course, it is. Um, it talks about you know having a prayer life and how um an intercessor is birthed out is what this book talks about. Uh, it's a, a book that I'm the visionary author of, and I had um some other co-authors to to come along and write in this book as well, and we tell our stories. Of, um, of how we was birthed out, the, the trials and the tribulations that we went through in life and that caused us to, to go to drop to our knees and be in prayer because in, in the book, I, you know, I tell my story, I talk about um, some of the things that I've been through, some of the, some of the things that I experienced in life, and, and pr- my prayer was my backbone, how prayer was my anchor. And we are living in times that are perilous, and we cannot leave prayer out of the equation. And this this world, it needs prayer because that's how we shift things. That's how we, you know, things are transformed. It's transformed through prayer. And especially for that of the intercessor, they can turn the heart of the king. And our father inclines his ear to hear what the intercessor has to say. And see, in intercession is actually how uh, I was mantled. I was mantled on the floor. I was mantled on my face in intercession because of some of the darkest times that I faced in life when I thought that I wasn't going to see no light at the end of the tunnel, but I yet trusted God regardless of what it looked like. And then I stood on prayer. I stood in faith, and I allowed him to increase the capacity of my faith because, you know, sometimes we have faith failures, and we don't need to allow our faith to fail us. We need to begin to um, allow the Holy Spirit to gird our loins up, and when he girds our loins up, he will breathe the breath of life upon us, which is called a Ruach wind, and that's so many times where the Holy Spirit, where God has come and rescued me when I've been in dark places, when I was depressed, and I wanted to take my life, and I said, well, 
Lord, I did, where am I going to turn? I don't, nobody don't understand what I'm going through. These therapists don't know what they talking about. These therapists don't understand what I'm going through. Uh, so, God, maybe if I check out of here, then things will be okay. But then that's when I said, okay, no, I got to, something on the inside of me rose up, and I said, no, I got something to live for, and, and, and it's, it, whatever is on the inside of you, you, you got to see it's your vision, it's your dreams that keep you from, um, from failing, it keeps you from being in a place of, uh, or where you say, okay, I want to check out of here, because that if you got a little bit of breath, you got a pulse on the inside of you, that's, there's still yet breath that even though sometimes the prophecies that have been spoken over your life, the promises, it seems like they're not coming to pass. You still yet got to stand and yet stand and see the salvation. And how you do that is through prayer. That is through intercession where you stand on the word of God. And see, I was not a person just only stood on the word of God and prayed. I sold and I believed God and I put my money where my mouth was and I put and I named that seed because seeing the earth, you have whenever you put seed into the soil, you have to name that seed. You got to give that seed a destination. And when I say, God, I want freedom. I want help. I put the name upon that seed. And then I believed in faith. And I stood in prayer. And I prayed. And I had other people that was interceding and standing in the gap for me that I know is Joe Nuff intercessors. Not some people that, that patty cake and play around with it. Until God delivered me and brought me out of the things that I was in. And that's why we, we, even with coming up with unshakable faith, because unshakable faith, um, in this book, I was a co-author in, with, um, with evangelist Tamika Prady from Unshakable Faith. And in this story, in this book, because it's, it's other people that um, we collaborate with, um, in this book, it was I think it was 21 other people, and 21 other people, including me, uh, that told their stories about unshakable faith. And I talk about in this book, Growing up and some of the things I saw, you know, why my faith is not shaking because you, you, the things that's going on in this world now that we see, it's a lot of people, it's, they've been gripped with fear. They, they harbor the spirit of fear, and um, they run around because of the, the COVID and, uh, and, and this vaccine and all these things that's happening. They don't know because their faith is being shaken because they're not rooted and grounded in the word. They're not anchored in the word of God. And, see, I talk about my uncle. I tell the story about my uncle in this book and witchcraft. And then many of us, we deal with witchcraft. I had in my family where witchcraft go all the way back to Vudan. If you don't know what Vudan is, it goes all the way back to the beginning of before voodoo even came out. So that, that's how far back voodoo goes back into my family where there was witch doctors and all kinds of things within my family. And I talk about this and I talk about my uncle um, where there was a curse put upon my uncle and my uncle used to crawl around under the the house like a snake and my aunt took that curse off of him and I talk about what I saw that came out of my uncle. And anything like that at the age that I was would scare somebody almost half to death if it didn't even kill him and give him a heart attack with some of the things that I saw. So that's where we come from unshakable faith that seeing and knowing that even though you got witches and warlocks out here, when you got faith in God and you, you rooted and grounded and anchored in God and you tied up and entangled up in Christ Jesus that nothing, I don't care, nothing can harm you. Nothing can come your way. I don't care about no COVID. I don't care what comes out because if you in tune with God, you know all kind of things are getting ready to happen within this world, but it will not shake you. Your faith will be unshakable because you are founded upon prayer. You are founded upon intercession, and Christ is your foundation, and that's your anchor. And that's the, some of the things that why I talk about the burden of an intercessor and how the intercessor was birthed out of me and having unshakable faith.
Because in this time and season, our faith cannot be shaken. We got to know. We got to look to the hills from which cometh our help. Our help comes from God. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He, he owns this world. The world is in his hands. It doesn't matter what men say. It doesn't matter what president sits in that Oval Office. God is on the throne, and he'll never fall from his throne. So that's who we put our trust and our faith in, even our money saying, God, we trust. Everybody else is suspect. You got to understand and know that, that God is a God that cannot fail. And I've never found, when I put my trust in him, I've never found failure in him yet. In situations and circumstances, I thought that I wouldn't see my way out of He brought me out. He brought me through. He given me the strength that I have today, the agility, the, the mental stability that I have, the emotional stamina that I have today. And we have to understand and we have to know this. We can't allow our faith to be shaken in this time, in this season, in this hour, because it really shows your heart posture. It exposes who you really are. It exposes who you're really serving. So in this hour, who are you serving? Are you serving the God of your flesh, or are you serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of this earth, the creator of you? So don't allow your faith to be shaken. Allow it to be able to birth intercession out of you. I call forth the intercessors tonight. Out of every person that's experiencing pain, experienced loss, experienced trauma, I call forth the intercessor on you. Get into your face, on your face. Bow down and get on your face and pray and cry out to God and ask him to help you, and I guarantee you he'll rescue you. It doesn't matter where you're at. He'll locate you. He'll pinpoint you right where you are, and he'll give you everything that you need. All you got to do is put your trust in him. And that comes through communicating, calling near fellowship with him. And that's through having a prayer life, a fasted life, prayer and fasting, and allowing him to increase your capacity of your faith so your faith will not be shaken in this hour. No matter what you hear, no matter what you see, the mirages that's before us, because you know that through it all, for us, we will be covered. For us, we will be protected. So that's, that's my story and how unshakable faith, the story in that was birthed and how the burden of an intercessor was birthed. My God. That is powerful. You know, and so I just want to say for those who are listening in, like the woman of God said, just, you know, get into the posture of prayer, no matter, you know, what you may be facing, you know, just cry out to God. And I love the fact that you talked about, you know, in terms of being in prayer, being an intercessor, and just really being before God. You know, it allows you to have that mental or that emotional stability because, you know, if you're not stable mentally, you know, I always say once the head goes, everything else goes. And that is why one of the reasons um, the enemy, he always attacks the head. He, you know, he, he attacks the head of anything because, you know, once the head is, is gone, everything else is going to scatter. And so, um, you know, I just want to say to those who are listening, just, just um, you know, cry out to God. You know, because I know a lot of people, you know, you may be listening now, you're going through a whole lot of things, pain, trauma, you know, you just can't, you know, understand. You feel like you've done all that you could do and, you know, Things are still not going the way that you expect it to be or expect it to go. 
but still continue to stand in faith and stand in God and know that He He's going to bring you out. You know, He's done it for so many people. He's He's done it for Doctor for Doctor McKay. You know, and so um, if God says He's no respect of a person, He can do it for anyone. We just have to be, um, you know, we have to be a willing participant um, in this walk. You know, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force us. But we have to be willing, and, and, and it has to be something that we want and we desire. And so, Dr. Natson, thank you so much for, you know, of course, just dropping those gems. I mean, it's just powerful. You've just dropped so much um, uh, nuggets, wisdom, encouragement. I'm telling you, you will definitely be, <laughs> you will definitely, um, you know, be back. But, you know, one of the things I want you to do, you know, is to just, Share some final advice that I have a listening audience, you know, of the importance of pursuing their dreams, um, you know, and just pushing past them, pushing past um, whatever that they, they may be seeing at this time. Okay, you said share some final advice? I couldn't hear you on the last part. Oh, uh, yeah, share some final advice for me, uh, you know, for our listening audience on the importance of them, you know, pursuing their dreams at all costs, no matter what they may be seeing or no matter what they may be facing during this time. Okay, okay. So um, on fulfilling their dreams uh, and um, final advice on fulfilling their dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So if I would have any advice to give to you uh, about um, your dreams and your dreams being birthed and um, different things that you may be discouraged with, within this time and season of your life, um, I want to encourage you, you know, like I said earlier, when it seems like the prophecy has died, the promise has died, that it doesn't have a post, we're in a season of resurrection. We just passed, came out of resurrection, and this is a season of resurrection, and you got to understand and know that the king is going to breathe life upon that that you've been believing him for, that the Ruach wind of God is going to come in, and it's, it's a life giver, the same breath that raised Jesus from the dead, the same breath that brought Adam to life. Uh, he's going to use the same breath to bring forth your promise, to bring forth your dream. So I want you to stand in courage and stand flat-footed and look the enemy in the face and say that my dream is not dead, my promise is not dead, because I stand on the promise of God. I stand on what God has told me. And what you need to do is get you some affirmations, and you need to begin to proclaim in the earth, decree and declare over yourself, over your home. If that's a home you believe in God for, if that's uh, children you believe in God for, whatever it is, that job, that promotion, uh, a certain salary to have a business, you need to be um, putting writing that down, writing it down. And first and foremost, you need to write down your vision. The word says in Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 3, to write the vision and make it plain. So those that see it can run with it. Even when you write down your own vision uh, and you see it, you'll begin to run with that vision and you write it down and you begin to profess and you begin to speak over that every day. And then you take a scripture and get a scripture and write the scripture with that and you profess every day that this is coming to pass. I see it. You got to begin. Once you begin, you say it and you begin to say what you see, you begin to manifest what you're saying and then what you're seeing will begin to manifest in the earth because you believe it and you're standing on it and you're doing the work toward it because you got to understand and know that faith without works is dead. 
So even if you got to find a mentor and get with a mentor, somebody is doing that, that what you have and the desire to do, you find them and get with that mentor and have that mentor to help you. If that dream is to be an author, you find somebody that's an author that can help you. Whatever it is, you find people because God has people put in place and set in place in this earth to divinely connect you to. And if you believe God and you have the faith, whatever finances you need, somebody will finance your dream. And you got to understand and know that. Don't give up on the dream. It doesn't matter what it looked like 10 years, three years. It's coming to pass. Because, listen, my process was 20 years before my dream come to pass. So, and in those 20 years, I didn't give up. I kept pressing. I kept moving forward. I kept believing God. I kept standing on his word. I kept standing on the promises. And I said it, my dreams, my goals, my aspirations, it still has a heartbeat. It still has a pulse. It's not dead. Father, breathe upon it. Continue to breathe upon this. Give me new vision. Give me new ideas. Give me creative, innovative ideas to be able to release in this earth. That's what you need to begin to speak. You shift your mindset. Shift your perspective. Change the way you talk. Change the way you see things. And you need to begin to say that I'm the answer that people are looking for. I'm the shift that they're looking for in this earth. So that God that you've given me, you funded, you've given me the Deuteronomy 8 and 18. You've given me the ability to obtain wealth. You're bringing that fulfillment into my life. So you be encouraged on tonight and know that your destiny is coming into divine alignment. Your purpose is coming into divine alignment on tonight. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. It's not over yet. What God has placed on the inside of you, you're unique. We need your gift in the earth. That's the reason why you were born. That's the reason why you were created. Esther 4 and 14, you were created for such a time as this, and you have to understand your value and your worth, your worth and what you bring to the equation in the times and seasons that we're in. So allow him to stare up that that he placed on the inside of you and begin to draw, begin to write what it is, and move forward in momentum toward it. Begin to talk about it. Let other people know and begin to find places where they write grants and grants to get grants for what it is you're looking for, for what it is you need. There's people, places, there's things out there. It's waiting on you. So what are you going to do? Get up. So I'm calling you to get up tonight. This is a clarion call. For you to get up out of the place that you're in, your dream is not dead. As long as you got a pulse, as long as you got a heartbeat, that that God has put on the inside of you has not died. It still has to yet be fulfilled. And it's going to be fulfilled through you. You're going to be the first in your family to be a millionaire, the first in your family to be an author, the first in your family to be a homeowner. God is waiting on you to move. Move your feet. And begin to go forward in the things that God has told you. So I encourage you on tonight. It's not dead. It's still yet alive. And it's coming through you. Your gift, who you are, you are necessary. And this world has need of you. So don't give up. I speak peace over you, peace over your home, peace over what God has given you. And that you are in your crowning season. And you are getting ready to give birth to that which God has given you. 
So push. Push it out. Push. Don't give up. Don't give in. It's coming. It's coming. I can see it. I can see the burden now. I can see the burden of that home. I can see the burden of that business. I can see the burden of that book. I can see the burden of that school. I can see the burden of that coaching business. I can see it now because you're at your crowning season and you're about to give birth. So stand tall, stand firm, and be encouraged on tonight. This is your crowning season. If you're listening in tonight, this is your crowning season. You know, you're ready to give birth. Thank you so much, you know, woman of God. I mean, and you, I mean, <laughs> you have, I'm, I mean, I'm even encouraged. So I know those who are listening in tonight that they um, will be encouraged or they are encouraged. And, you know, whichever way they came onto this radio interview, that they're definitely not going to um, leave the same you would have definitely, you know, changed the trajectory of the lives of those who are listening in. I just want to say thank you so much, um, you know, for, like I said, your encouraging words, your powerful words, your nuggets, all of what you've done tonight, your motivation, uh, your encouragement. Just thank you, thank you so much. And, of course, you know, before you go, you know, let our listening audience know of how they can get in contact with you, stay in contact with you, or any upcoming events that you know, you may have that they may want to be a part of. Okay. Um, how you can uh, stay connected and get in contact with me, um, on my personal Facebook is Nikkei Natson. My um, ministry Facebook is Apostle Dr. Nikkei Natson. Um, of course, on the ministry Facebook page is Alton and Nikkei Natson Ministries. Um, on Twitter is uh, Dr. Nikkei Natson. On IG is Dr. Nikkei Natson. And the website is www.dr. N-I-C-C-K-A-Y-N-A-T-S-O-N.com. That's DrNikkeiNatson.com. And then Alton and NikkeiNatsonMinistries.com is how you can get in contact with us. And if you want to email us, you can email me at DrNikkeiNatson at gmail.com or Alton and NikkeiNatsonGlobal at gmail.com. Then get in contact with us. Thank you so much for providing them with the information. I'm sure someone will definitely, you know, reach out to you after this um, powerful, powerful interview. Everyone, again, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's amazing show with my special guest, Dr. Nikkei Natsin. And, of course, again, be sure to follow her on all of the social media platforms so you can stay up to date with everything that um, she has going on. Be sure to join me uh, again every Tuesday for another episode of Emergence Radio Talk where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Devira Johnson. Be sure to connect or stay connected with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, under the social media handle Savara Johnson, or you can visit my website at www.savarajohnson.com. Everyone, blessings. Have a wonderful evening, and I will see you next week, Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter,
Howard Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.